Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome Ashley Bratcher to the show. Ashley Bratcher is most recognized for her breakout role as the star of the box office hit Unplanned, the inspiring true story that chronicles the transformation of a Planned Parenthood clinic director to pro-life advocate. Ashley was born and raised in a small southern town in eastern North Carolina and began her acting career on the stage at the age of 16. She later attended Campbell University, where she graduated with honors and then worked briefly as a middle school teacher before finding success as a working actress. Ashley's commitment to stories of hope has garnered her recognition as a name talent in uplifting and redemptive films. So excited to have you on the show today, Ashley. Yes, I'm really happy to be talking to you today. I am so inspired by your heart for telling redemptive stories. I remember watching the movie Unplanned and just being so in awe of you and your bravery as an actress and an artist in telling Abby's story. Redemption is powerful, and we get to live in the light of our great Redeemer, Jesus, which just puts every story into perspective. So I'd love to start by diving into your story in the faith. A lot of life happened before you really stepped into a career in acting, and those years must have been so formative in preparing your heart for what God had in store for you. So Ashley, when did you find the light of Jesus, and how did you experience Him chasing after your heart? Well, when I was in middle school, I was introduced to Jesus, and I had this kind of love-hate relationship with God because I didn't grow up in um, a really consistent Christian home. We were holiday Christians, so we went you know, on Easter and Christmas, but I didn't have that consistency. So as a teenager, I didn't understand the difference between relationship and religion. Christianity felt a lot like checking off a list of things that you had to do. It was a lot of rules, and so I rebelled a lot during my teenage years. I had dabbled a little bit in acting, but I had never really thought it was an attainable goal being in rural North Carolina. So when I went off to college, I actually pursued a degree in graphic design and didn't really approach acting. Wow, that's crazy. So when, at what point in time um, did God like break into your heart and did you um, find him? It was really after I had already started my career that I came to Christ because in my senior year of college, I had to take one more elective class to graduate, and I decided to take an acting class. So I think that taking that acting class in college really reignited that spark in my heart. And I went to the state fair with my high school sweetheart. We had gone off to college together. Going to the state fair every fall was our big date night. So when we were at the state fair, we walked by this booth, and it said, do you want to be an actor? Just this big banner. So I thought, why not? I'll just go in and audition and see what happens. I ended up booking the commercial. It was for this tiny little commercial. 
And from that experience, I was able to sign with an agent. And right after I graduated college, this agent had taken me to New York City. I had a bunch of offers to sign with managers there. So I moved to New York City as soon as I graduated. I graduated six months before my high school sweetheart. So I had these big dreams. You know, I was really ambitious. I thought that going to New York, I was going to be famous. I was going to plan our wedding. Like life was just going to be so perfect. And that's not how it played out. Uh, New York is a tough place to be when you don't have your identity rooted. I mean, I, I still didn't really quite know who I was. I was young, naive, and I really experienced rejection for the first time. I was basing my worth and my value and my ability to book jobs. And I was chasing fame, which is such a fleeting thing. It, it doesn't really fulfill you and it, it doesn't fill that God-sized hole that I think we all have in our hearts. So when I started facing the rejection, I really let it determine who I was, and I started to become really depressed. I was drinking heavily. I was dabbling with drugs. Um, Just a lot of bad choices that were really affecting my time in New York. Um, And during that period, my high school sweetheart ended up breaking up with me and I was just so devastated. We had been together for a really long time at that point in my life and I didn't you know, know what to do. I, I was all alone in this big city for the first time in my life and just not walking with the Lord, feeling all this opposition. And I remember one night in particular that I was walking home from a bar at three o'clock in the morning. I know that I was really, really drunk. And I remember um, a cab driver yelling out, Miss, please get in my car and let me take you home. And I yelled back at him, said, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Because I was walking down this dark alley, first of all, that was really dangerous. But he yelled out again, said, Miss, please get my cab and let me take you home. So I got in the cab and this man was so kind as to drive me home without me having any money. And he got out of the cab and walked me to my door to make sure that I was safe. And I look back on that time and just think, wow, you know, there's no telling what was waiting for me there. And I'm really grateful for my grandmothers who were really the ones who taught me about Jesus. And I know that they were praying for me so hard (laughs) during that time. I just think it was the power of praying grandmas. That night, I went to bed just so heartbroken and really lost and confused. And I had a dream. And I really feel like the Lord spoke to me through this dream. I was standing on the edge of a skyscraper, looking out at the skyline of New York City. I looked down and I knew that I just wanted to jump. And I feel like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, if you don't change your life, that's where you're going to end up. So the next day when I woke up, I called my grandma and I said, Grandma, I think I need to come home. And I ended up going back home, uh, which was really a moment of humility because I was back in my hometown without a job, living with my grandma, and all these people had watched me go off to New York City. I mean, it was a really big deal for someone in our small town to go off and make this change. So I came back really facing the criticism of a lot of people in my hometown, looking at me and feeling like a failure. Wow. And just to think like you didn't know what was about to come um, with artistry and with your career, but God needed you to come home so that he could draw himself, draw 
yourself um, back to him. So moving to New York City came with a lot of challenges in every area of life. Um, And I think, you know, I lived in New York for a short period of time before the quarantine happened. And I think it's hard to... um, to believe like when you're going down a spiral that there's a way out, what would you say to someone who maybe is struggling believing that there is a way out and that there is hope? I think that it's okay to be angry with God. He can handle it. Uh, I was crying out to him and saying, God was my purpose here. You know, I went off to New York city. I have these big dreams and here I am. I feel like I have no purpose. Uh, I was still chasing all of the wrong things. I was trying to win over my high school sweetheart again and not really knowing what the love of Christ looked like. Uh, And I was trying to fill my heart in a way that just didn't really, didn't really have meaning to be honest. And in, in that time I ended up having my own unplanned pregnancy. And that was where God really kind of, showed me a light at the end of the tunnel though, because when I had my son, uh, I mean, I was, I was, I was young and I was on Medicaid and WIC. I wasn't married and it was really, really, really hard. I just remember kind of saying, okay, God, if you're real, I need you to show up. I need you to show me the way I want to be a good parent. Uh, I want to do this thing right. And when I had my son, I looked at him and I had this epiphany because I realized that I loved this little tiny beautiful baby boy so much. You know, that I just met my tiny little baby. And in that moment, I I realized that God is our heavenly Father. And if we love in the worldly way to our comprehension, how much more must God love us? Because as a parent, you want what's best for your child. So God obviously has such great plans for us that we can't even fathom. I mean, the Word tells us that He has plans for us to prosper us and not to harm us. It's a matter of really seeking Him, I think. So when you're in those moments, it's okay to cry out to God and be like, where are you? And the Bible tells us it's okay to ask for signs. So during that time, I was asking for a lot of signs. I was asking God to show up. And that's okay. He will show up, though. You just have to be open to it and be ready. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. What led you What led you back into a career in, in telling stories on screen? I had given up acting at that time because— I had to get a job with benefits. I mean, that was honestly my goal. I was like, okay, I I have a kid now. I need benefits. I need to provide for my child. So I went back to teaching middle school art, and I ended up teaching at the middle school that I went to. I mean, that's how small this town was. I took my middle school teacher's position, and I would walk into my classroom, and I'd have all these kids who weren't good at math. Maybe they weren't good at science. They had behavioral issues, but my classroom was a safe haven for them. It was a place for them to express themselves. And I tell them, you know, if you have this desire in your heart, then God put it there for a reason and you should you should pursue it. And I'd go home and look in the mirror and be like, is this really what you want to do for the rest of your life? And not that I didn't love it, I did, but there was still this part of me that was so drawn to telling stories. So I told my husband, we ended up getting married, by the way, after my son was born. And so I told my husband, I said, 
I don't want to look back in 50 years and have a bunch of regrets. So I think I should go for this thing. Wilmington had a great film industry at the time. They were shooting a lot of Nicholas Sparks movies, One Tree Hill, Dawson's Creek. So I went out to Wilmington and got signed with an agent. And I finally just submitted my career to God. I had given him my life at this point. And so I thought, well, how silly would I be not to just trust him with my career? So I submitted it to him and just really focused on my craft and doing the work and from that moment, honestly, I started booking and it was it was very small stuff. <laughs> My life has been a story of humility for sure. One of the very first roles I had was just one line and it was she's inside. That that was it. I just had to I'm so refreshed by hearing you say that because I had one TV job in my time in New York and it was down the hall and to the right. He's waiting for you. And I'm like, well, I'm not gonna be found from that one line, but you know, small beginnings. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, your line was longer than mine. (laughs) But I I thought, looking back, it's really important to realize how to appreciate those small moments so that when you get to a point that you have been entrusted with bigger roles, you have a deeper appreciation for where God has brought you. From 2012, leading up to my involvement in Unplanned, it was a journey that He really just brought me to a place where I had a deep appreciation for being able to do what I feel like God's called me to do and really love it. Yeah. So you surrendered your life and your career to the Lord on this, um, in this new way. And, and then he took you on this wild adventure with, um, the door that opened with unplanned. How did that happen? And what did you learn about yourself and, and about God through that process? Calling it a wild adventure is honestly an understatement. (laughs) It's been such a crazy experience from the very beginning. Because I had worked primarily in faith-based film for the majority of my career, I had built a little bit of a following on social media, and I just had some really great followers who encouraged me along the way. I had this one woman who reached out to me in early 2018, And she said to me, Ashley, you don't know me, but I've been praying for you for about a year. And I feel like the Lord has told me that you're meant to play the role of this woman named Abby Johnson. And I thought she was crazy. (laughs) I was like, first of all, I don't know anything about this casting. I don't know who's making the movie. I don't know you. And so I just responded to her and said, oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. And that was it. Two weeks later, she followed up with me and said, Ashley, did you ever audition? I really feel strongly that the Lord is calling you to be a part of this movie. So I said to her, you know, I usually go through my agent for legitimate auditions. I don't know anything about this project, but I would be willing to take a look at the sides for the audition if you're able to get someone to send them to me. So somehow, even though this woman was not involved in the film industry at all, she had just heard about it. She reached out to a producer, got them to send me the sides, and I just kind of looked at it as an acting exercise. So After reading it, though, I didn't know anything about Abby. I knew that she was a real person. I knew that this was, um, you know, a movie about someone who worked at Planned Parenthood. And from the sides, that's really all I knew. I thought that Abby was really charismatic. I thought she was funny. I thought she was witty. And so I, I put myself on tape, and I sent off the audition, and I thought, okay, like this woman's kind of interesting, and I want to know more about her. So after the audition, I looked her up, and I heard her testimony for the first time. And holy smokes, that's when God just really, really rocked me. Um, 
I remember hearing how she described what happened during an ultrasound-guided abortion where she watched this tiny little 13-week-old baby ultimately fight for its life. And I was so heartbroken. I was devastated to feel like I had been so deceived by society's lie that it's just a blob of tissue. I mean, I had had my own child at this point and still never really thought about the development throughout pregnancy. So when I had the knowledge of what actually happens and the revelation that abortion ends an innocent life, I felt so spiritually convicted. Like I just knew that I had this kind of soul connection to the role that I had never had before. And I, I couldn't let it go. I mean, I became the crazy lady from Instagram where I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely meant to play this role. I don't know why, but I'm not letting it go. <laughs> I just prayed for weeks and weeks and weeks. And usually that means you, you haven't gotten the role. If you wait that long, it's usually time has come and gone. You can forget about it, but I would not let it go. I'd even told my husband, I really feel like I'm the one who's meant to play this role. You know, I really, I just believe. So finally, I got a call from one of the producers who said, you know, we're really interested. We want to interview you with the producers, uh, the urine top consideration. Let's have a chat. So they all got on the phone with me. And one of the first things they said to me is, we want you to know that if you're to accept this role, you could be blacklisted. You may never work again. <laughs> and that was a really big thing. But because I finally knew who I was in Christ and I, I know what my worth is, and I was able to say to them, I don't find my worth or my value in my projects. I know that my worth is in Jesus Christ. So my answer is yes. And after just spilling my heart to them, they said, okay, well, we have one other person in consideration, so we'll call you tomorrow. And it was just torture. I was like, oh my gosh, this is just the never ending process of whether or not I'm gonna book this role. But the next day, they told me they'd call me at 11 o'clock in the morning and that time came and it passed and I just started praying to God and I just said, God, you know, your word says that you can open doors, no man can close and I'm trusting that you're moving on my behalf. And before I could even finish praying, I'm telling you, my phone rang. It was one of the producers and he said, Ashley, we're so excited to offer you the role of Abby Johnson. Can you get on a plane in four hours? <laughs> So, you know, it's still this wild, crazy journey from beginning to this time now. And I said, okay, well, I guess nothing's impossible. I'll never forget saying that because I just was so dumbfounded. I didn't really know how to respond. <laughs> so I, I just said, yes, I started packing my bags to head to Oklahoma for seven weeks of filming and told my husband, you know, yay, I booked the role, but I'm going to be gone before you get home. And <laughs> it was just a crazy start to this adventure that even went crazier along the way from there. Wow. And I've heard you say that um, through that journey that you have found so much strength in believing that God has, and just the reinforcement of knowing that God has such a plan and a purpose for our lives and I couldn't agree more that it's just hard to argue with his might and his power and his just creative glory through displayed through creation. How has knowing Jesus led you to truly believing and living in light of the truth that your life has a plan and a purpose? It was really apparent to me that God had such a purpose and plan for my life after I had already been on set for four days. 
he, he revealed something to me that I just couldn't have even imagined. I had already agreed to tell this incredible pro-life story and I was there. I was committed. I had left really, really fast. So no one knew where I was except for my husband, my son and my sister. So when my mom called me on the fourth day, I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't told my mom where I am. And as I started to explain to her the story, I really hesitated because I had always known my mom had an abortion when she was in high school. So I didn't want her to be hurt or feel judged from me doing this movie. But as I started telling her Abby's testimony, my mom just completely broke down. And she says to me, Ashley, I need to tell you something that I never told you before. What you don't know is when I was 19 years old, I was at the abortion clinic for the second time. I was on the table to have the procedure. A pregnant nurse walked in and I got really sick to my stomach. And I just knew I couldn't go through with it. So I got up, I walked out, and I chose to have you. And that was so incredibly profound. I was never angry at her. I I just felt so overwhelmed by the love of God because I knew that I knew that I knew in that moment that God had really planned my steps from conception to be there to tell this story. I mean, what are the odds that my life was spared on an abortion table without me ever having known? And here I was to tell this story. It was, it was so evident to me that God loves us so personally. And it became a very clear Jeremiah moment for me where he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I have plans for you. Yeah, it, it was all of that. And it was so clear. It was so clear. So after that, my mom and I, we've really worked through a lot of things and there's been a lot of healing from that. And I just think it was so courageous for her to share that with me. And it really helped me lean into God even more because I didn't have a lot of time to prepare. I was learning things on the fly. So every step of the way, I felt like that was probably the closest I've ever been to God in my life because I just, I felt His presence so strongly and I knew that I was at the end of me. I could only do so much to prepare. So leaning into Him every single day and just giving it all to God was such a beautiful experience. Gosh, you said the end of yourself, and isn't that where He does the best work? Just getting us to the end of ourselves so that He can show off through us. Absolutely. I think for me, I always have God-sized ambition because when we when we allow ourselves to let God in and we don't put limits on what we think that He can do and we say, okay, I'm letting go of all of my plans. I'm going to open my hands. I'm going to submit it to you, God. I'm going to trust that your plan is so much bigger. He really shows up and blows our mind because we can't even really comprehend the extent of what He can do in our lives when we submit it to Him. So living through that and just seeing what has come from doing Unplanned and how God has really used my life to reach people's hearts and to share with them that life is so precious and every life has purpose has has been such a blessing and incredible experience. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Ashley. Now, I read that your word of the year is courage, and I heard you say courageous and um, just the courage it took to have those conversations with your mom and to step into that role and 
Um, I just imagine that there are people listening who may not feel courageous at all. In fact, they may feel terrified of people's opinions. Why do you think it is important to shine your light and to be courageous? And how do you fight the fear of people? Well, every year I do pick a word, like you said, and this year it was courage. But originally when I was brainstorming, what is my word going to be this year? I really was looking at risk. But risk is not really a positive word. So I wanted to flip the script. I'm like, okay, well, what is the opposite of risk? What does it take to really risk it all? Well, it takes courage. That's what God gives us. You know, He gives us peace and He gives us a spirit of courage when we lean into Him. And it can sound like such a simple concept to say, okay, God, I'm going to submit it to you and trust that you're going to take care of it. If I do my part of the deal and I hold up, you know, my end of the bargain, then he's going to show it. But it, it is kind of a scary thing. It does take that faith element to say, God, I trust you. But I'm telling you, it is so worth it. I mean, coming out of Unplanned, I really had no idea what to expect from my career. I knew that there was probably going to be some backlash, but I'm optimistically naive. When the phone didn't ring as much, I said, God, you know, I've, I've done what you wanted me to do. Can you just show me what's next? And throughout that prayer, God really put it on my heart to start producing. So now in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> I'm producing my first feature film, but God has really taken it every step of the way and blessed it and we're moving forward at such an expedited pace. And I attribute that all to just saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be courageous in every aspect of my life. I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to go to the end of me. I'm going to do the work and then I'm going to give it to you because that's where he gets to show up. Mm, amen. Okay, Ashley, at the end of each episode, I ask each guest two fun questions. So my first is, what have you been doing during this season of this pandemic quarantine life to stay creative and growing as an artist? Well, well circling back around to what I just said, um, staying creative and searching for stories to tell, I've had more time to really dig into some scripts and and look for stories that I feel like are important to God and are important for making an impact on the world. So that's been really awesome. I've also been able to get back to painting a little bit. You know, I mentioned I was a art teacher, so it's been fun to go back to dabbling and painting and taking a little bit of time to to savor the the opportunity to go back to some of those things that we miss out on when we're in the hustle and the busyness to really take time to stop and reflect and do some of those fun things. Okay, I have to ask, how do you juggle being a full-time mom, actress, director, creator, producer, artist? Like, how do you do it? Oh, man, it's not easy. I will say that. It takes a team, and I'm really fortunate that my husband is so supportive. He is my partner in everything. We really tag team stuff. My kiddo is such an old soul. I mean, he gets it. We've had a lot of really great conversations with him where we're able to stay connected when I travel. And we, we've we done a good job, for the most part, of planning dedicated family time. Like every Friday night is, is our pizza and movie night. I mean, we're dedicated to making pizza and watching a movie every Friday night. Uh, we've gotten into a habit of having game night where we put all the electronics away. And it's really a matter of prioritizing, you know, what are our priorities? It really needs to be God first, then family, and then everything else. 
if you can get in the habit of really committing to that, I think the rest just kind of falls into place. Um, and then what is your favorite fall goodie or fall tradition? This is just on my mind because the weather's finally changing here. So I'm loving all of the seasonal, the seasonally fun things. Yeah. Okay. Favorite fall tradition. Hmm. Gosh, <laughs> I love the smell of pumpkin. So I think every fall I really do fill my house with that kind of that kind of scent. And more than anything, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I love food. I'm I'm really a foodie. I enjoy good food. I like comfort food. Um, I like spending time with my family. And Thanksgiving is always a time that my entire family comes together, all generations, and we share a fantastic meal. That's awesome. Okay, well, Ashley, how can the listener keep up with you and the projects you're working on? Follow me on social media. I love connecting with my followers. Obviously, they've had an incredible impact on my life. It's social media, I'm underscore Ashley Bratcher on Instagram and Twitter. And then if you search for me on Facebook, you can just type in Ashley Bratcher and connect with me there. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Ashley. Thank you for sharing your story. And I'm just honored to, um, yeah, to, to get to know you more. Of course. Thank you. Ashley, I just want to thank you for sharing your story today and for your courage and your bravery in telling Abby's story. You have faith in God's protection over you, over your career, and His powerful hand on your life as a child of God. You reminded me that the Lord has a plan and a purpose for every single human being. He's the Lord of all things, and He even knows the stories every single artist and creator would tell before they were even born. It all matters to Him because we matter to Him. He created us and knows us, and He loves us. Uh, So that leads me to... This passage in Colossians that says, it's Colossians 1 verses 16 through 17, and it says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Friends, this is the part of the show where I break down a passage of scripture. I hope it encourages you to open up the Word of God, to take in truth, and to experience God's love for you. If you have a Bible nearby, I want to just nudge you to pause the episode, go grab it, open it up, and read this scripture with me. The Word is truly living and active, and reading it can change your life in ways that you cannot even begin to wrap your mind around. If you don't have a physical Bible, you can always download the Bible app and open it up on your phone as we read together. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This psalm is David praising the Lord that he is the creator that goes before all things. 
and who alone holds everything together. He is saying, they don't know me, but you do know me, Lord. He knew that God was intimately aware of every detail of his life. From the beginning of his day to the end of his day, the good and the bad, what he ate for lunch, the music he enjoyed, what he was thinking, where he was going, the people around him, the people pursuing him, the pain he was experiencing, and the victory that would come. God knew. None of it was outside of the knowledge of his good God. The last two verses in Psalm 139 say, Search me, God, and know me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's hard to know the exact context of this psalm, but the last section of this passage can lead us to infer that David has enemies after him and accusing him. This leads David in humility and in complete desperation to the feet of the Lord. He knew that God was the only one who fully knew him and loved him and was for him. David may not have known how to take the next step, but he knew that God was a God who knows, and he was in awe of this God. He believed that God purposed and planned his life. He couldn't fathom the depths of this love. He says in verse 13, You created my inmost being and knit me together in my mother's womb. And that led him to praise God, for he knew that nothing God made was not wonderful. He says, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Despite the rejection, the persecution, and the fear that his circumstances were invoking, he was able to praise God and believe that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. That God had created him before he even came into existence. Nothing about him was hidden or disclosed or misunderstood or forgotten or betrayed. For there was a time when God pieced every detail of David together and purposed him and set him apart for what would be his human life. He expresses, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. He digs deep into the beginning of his existence and says, Even there you were, God, weaving me together, creating me, forming me into who you knew me to be all along. David wrapping his mind around a loving God who was before all things in holding all things together. This big and limitless God was keenly in tune and aware with his one human life. There was nothing that God didn't know and therefore he could trust that he would take care of him. We all come into this world as vulnerable little babies with more needs than words, desperate to be taken care of. It's easy to let someone meet those needs for us when we have no strength to do it ourselves. But then we grow up and we forget that at one point in time, someone in our life met all those needs for us. Someone worked hard and sacrificed their lives for ours because they loved us and they wanted good for us. God meets our needs every moment of every day because only He really knows what we need. Before you were even created, God knew you and had a purpose and a plan for you. And at the center of that plan was for you to know Him and to love Him. So I wanna ask you today, do you know God? Do you know God knows you? Because He does. 
God knows every thought you have, every food you love, the dreams and desires you have in your heart for big stages and traveling around the world and all the little intricacies that make you, you. God knows your fears. He knows the broken hearts from past relationships, the betrayal, the daddy issues, the times you were left out and pushed aside. God knows when people treat you unjustly and he knows when you're wrongly accused. He knows the hurts and the pain you feel right now in this moment. And He loves you. And He's just. And He's good. And He's caring for you. We were created to know God and to love and be loved by God. There are a lot of things that make you and I very different people, but something that we have in common is that we were created to be deeply known and fully loved. You see, no one is capable of knowing you like God. In Psalm 139, verse 12, David says, Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. The awe-inspiring part of it all is that God knows the full extent of who we are and still loves us perfectly and unconditionally. He knows the dark and hidden things and still loves you. That light, that love, His name is Jesus. A Savior that came into the world, compassionate and gracious and full of love for His creation. He took all our mess and sin on the cross so that we could have all of Him. God wanted us to know Him, so He did what we couldn't do and brought us into right relationship with Him. He didn't wait for us to be cleaned up, to have it all together, and to get it right with Him. Jesus came humbly for the worst of sinners, knowing everything about us didn't hold His love back. His grace is as unending and unsearchable as He is. David tried to wrap his mind around it, and I believe we will spend our whole lives trying to do the same. Ephesians 3.18 says, I pray that you may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You were created on purpose and for a purpose by a God who had you in mind from the beginning of all creation. As always, I'm going to end with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for creating us, for having us in mind from the beginning of time. God, thank you for the gift of human life and for the life listening on the other side of this podcast. Help us to value life and to see it the way you see it, Father. Lord, we ask that you help us to know you more and to know your love for us. May we never stop digging deeper into understanding what it means to be deeply known and fully loved by the creator of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, thank you for listening. I hope it blessed you and that it brought some light into your day. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you think would love to listen. If you want to hear more from me each week, head over to the show description and subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get an email each week with show notes, the scripture, and links from the show. 
let's connect, friends. You can follow me on Instagram at Laura Lee Turner. I seriously love to hear from you all. You're always welcome to reach out by simply responding to my email newsletter to podcast at lovelauralee.com. Thanks to my friends Helen Kemeny and Mike Stapleton for the original music heard on the podcast. And thanks to Colleen Bruton for editing the show. Go in light and love and I'll talk to you next week.